Scene World Podcast. I'm York. No, I'm not. Well, that one started off well. <laughs> whatever, we whatever, I'll go with that. I'll, I'll be York for today. I'll be York for today. Whatever, it's all good. This is the... It's the Scene World Podcast. This is the second time we're doing this because the first time things didn't quite work out with our software. I was so we're still to m- mock it up, but AJ didn't like that here. Yeah, Jörg wanted to take the audio of me that we got and then just put a dancing picture of a monkey in front of it, and he figured that nobody would know the difference. But I was really kind of, I, I, I really wanted to just sort of redo it and, and start from scratch, and you know, because I, I. I while while it's true that people probably wouldn't understand, probably wouldn't notice the difference between me and a dancing monkey, um, I would know the difference between me and a dancing monkey. Ooh. So, <laughs> so that's nice. all that matters. Nice. So in in a minute, we have Adam Botti. He is the global product and brand manager for Pro Evolution Soccer from Konami, and we'll be talking to him in a couple minutes about Pro Evolution Soccer. Soccer. And, and Konami and, and things like that in general, um, which is cool because, because as people may know, we played Pro Evolution Soccer a bit on Extra Life Game Day, which was several days ago and is now over, and which I'm almost recovered from. Um, we, we went through 24, actually it was more like 25 or 26 hours because we didn't, we started at 4 o'clock, at, well, my my time, Eastern time, we started at 4 o'clock in the morning, which for York was a leisurely 10 a.m. or so. He, he got up, had breakfast, lounged around, and then started. I was like, at 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm stumbling out of bed to start recording stuff. So we started at 4 a.m., and we ended at, it was closer to 6 or 7, I think, for me. So, I mean, we were really, we were we were there for a while, and... uh and it was fun because we got to hit some games that I haven't played since. I did some some Commodore games, which I used to play as a kid, and I'm sure everyone's played these games as a kid. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't yeah, was... know ski ski or die um, summer games? Ski or die. I did. I've never played. I've played skate or die, but. We went back to, to summer games and winter games, and these are games that I had when I was when I was younger. These are games that that the first games that I had for my 64, and uh, I haven't. I don't think I've played them since I had a 64, since I was that age, because well, because there's no real need to. But it was kind of fun to sit there and, and force other people to to sit through it and, and hurt themselves. And and we played a uh, caveman Ugg Olympics and kill a plastic. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, because. Because as as we we as I said earlier, and we didn't get, but I'll I'll do it again. On on those games, all you do to play the game is you take your controller and you go. Let me show you the the old school version. Yeah, and there and there's a uh, and there's a, a thing on yeah, so and there's a thing on, on in particular, in which I mean. You're starting fire, and you have to start fire that way. And I don't think I. I apparently, Jurg says that I, I. I succeeded in starting fire. Yeah, yeah. I think I just set fire to my controller by by jamming it back and forth so much. So, so it was it was it was entertaining. It was fun. We had some guests. Uh, I called my mom at around uh, two o'clock in the morning because I needed some uh, 
I needed backup. And but it was it was fun. It was interesting. We'll be putting the videos up on on YouTube pretty soon. And speaking speaking of YouTube, um, do we want to say something about what we're doing with YouTube? Well, yeah, actually, you can you can explain a bit about. Actually, we wanna we wanna um, expand our stuff, our variety of yeah stuff. Yeah, uh, you know, we've got the magazine, which is still the magazine, and that's going to be the magazine for the upcoming, for the for the for the you know foreseeable future. Nice. And York has his, yeah. And York has his uh, the the video interviews with pioneers that come out with the issues. We do the podcast um, so regularly ish, in that it's you know every once or twice a month, depending on on how busy either of us gets. Um, and now we've done we've got a Twitch channel and we've made use of that that channel by doing the the extra life. But now we can do other stuff with it as well. Now that we've kind of broken it in. Um, but we also have a YouTube channel, which at the moment is pretty much just a receptacle for stuff that we've got. And so we want to make more um, original content for for you guys. And so we'll be doing that. We've got some, some people that are going to help with it. Uh, Andrew Fisher, who is one of our main editors, uh, he's, he's got some ideas. Um, there's a couple of people that will really be sort of we're bringing in some more people to do some stuff with this. We might be there occasionally, and yeah, so that's so that's where where we are with that. And we're not gonna I'm not gonna go into too much about what it's gonna be. Um, we'll just need to you, you just need to keep an eye open and, and, and see when it comes down the road. But look what I got in the post today. Oh yes, what what did you get in the post office today? Oh, look at that. Look at that fine packaging. That's the Commodore phone. That is who we talked to Paolo Besser and Massimo Canagiani about a couple months back. <laughs> Have you ever considered being a hand model, sir? Thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm doing my best. Yeah. <laughs> Eric will be doing an unboxing of that soon. And um, I, I should have one coming to me very soon as well Look and at this beautifully shaped half broken box yeah yeah so we'll, when my, when mine gets here I'll, I'll we'll see what that looks like and, and how it is and then we're going to use it for a bit and we're going to we're going to do a review on them and see what what it is so thanks to to Paolo and Massimo and, and everyone at Commodore who who stuck by you know, their their promises to send us two idiots a, a, a demo sample unit. That will so. return after we broke it. Yeah, yeah. So so speaking of, of Extra Life, again, game night is over. We're still recovering, but we've managed, or, or, or Team Illuminate, I should say, which we were part of, that's the what used to be the Frag Dolls. Team Illuminate raised $18,000 for children. So that's no little thing. So right. we're we're pretty happy about that. Yeah, we're pretty jazzed about that. And uh it's not over with yet. We're still we're still raising money through the end of the year. And so we encourage everyone to go to our fundraising sites. Uh I'm extra dash life slash participant slash AJH. And Jurg is extra dash life slash dot org slash participant slash NAFCOM. 
Same right. thing, just education half come at the end. You can go to our Twitch channel, and there's there's links to it, or you can probably look at underneath the description of this, and uh, links to it there goes. Yeah, and mm -hmm. actually, actually, what will end is the appointment at the Film Museum in Frankfurt at the Film and Games Exhibition because that uh, evening shows will come to an end. So right. yeah. So we will have our last interview with Crystal Herring, the community manager of Twitter. In well, two maybe weeks. not our last interview with her. It'll be the last interview at the at the museum. Exactly. We hope to talk to Crystal plenty of times in the future. She's she's a friend of the show, and and we like her. So so, but the museum will be coming to an end, and and I'm I'm going to be there. Sure. Am I going to? Be? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to be there. That'll be that'll be my second. I was supposed to be there for a couple of others, but I kind of didn't make it to some of them. Yeah, because so. you had dumb work stuff, right? Yeah. Actually, I think I had a. I think I actually had dumb dog stuff. Okay. Like in the first Great. episode, anal leakage or something. Yes. Yes. Anal. Anal. Yeah. Anal gland explode explosions. This here is. For for all of our viewers, this is Elmer, the Scene World dog. Nice. Hi. 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 Now we got some cuteness pet bonus. Exactly. Hi. Exactly. That that that'll get the viewers. So oh, you know what? I will put in some ah noises there. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Like so. like others do. Like putty pie. Ah. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. What else we got in news? Well, <laughs> aside from HA annoying me with his table stuff and looking stupid, um, today John Hare announced that he is working on his Sensible Soccer reboot called mm -hmm, Sociable mm -hmm. Soccer on Kickstarter. He is a legend in the yeah, yeah. well in the groundbreaking of. Um, Computer soccer. Yes, I you know I never I don't think I ever played sensible soccer. I played it once on the PC, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. How was it? What was it? What was the gameplay dynamic of that like? The only you know honestly, aside from older FIFA, the only soccer game that I really played is like old Five Aside soccer by like Mastertronic. Hmm. I think made it years and years ago on the C sixty four, which wasn't really anything at all like soccer. It, other than the fact that it said soccer in the name, I really loved um, MicroPro Soccer mm -hmm. with the banana kick. Never played yeah. it. And I got the I got the mat. I got the the the, the um what are they, the the uh, catalogs. Did you ever get them? Did you get them in Germany in in the nineties? In and I guess the late eighties, you'd get like uh, you get things in the mail if you ever ordered a game. You'd get these things in the mail from like Accolade or, or whatever software company it was, and it would be all their new games, no. in this little catalog that you'd get. No, 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 no. Oh, those things were the best. I always used to look through them and look at all the games I couldn't get. Oh, too bad. But now you got them so. all thanks to the internet. Actually, you know, I I don't. Which is kind of the kind of a shame. I don't I don't really have them all. I tried to play in in Extra Life when when we were sitting there. I sat back and I tried to play Space Rogue. That was one of the games that I, I loved when I was younger. 
I played that game through like three or four different times. And it's a, it's a space flight simulator sort of thing with combat and role playing elements and all and all. And uh I I decided let me let me try it on the uh on the emulator because you know, I really like that game. You don't see too much about it. People don't really talk about it too much. And uh wow, it was terrible. One of one of the games I can really suggest you is The Train because The Train is you are a train driver in the Second World War. Oh, the train. I thought you thought you were saying the drain. I was like the like train. the toilet. You are a train driver at uh, the World War Two, and you are supposed to find against the Nazis. And the thing is, it has such a detail. You can even see the flames being animated in in the oven where where you would put in the coals for heating up, you know, and getting speed. So it's really like like a very very good. Um, train simulation on the Commodore 64 oh. and you actually sit, you're actually standing in front and controlling the, the train. So this is really hmm. something that really amazed me. So you should go and watch the train by Accolade. It's, okay. okay. It's amazing. Accolade made some good games. Accolade made, uh, they made Ace of Aces. That was one of my favorites. Yeah. That was a good game. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, what, yeah. what yeah, so I asked you about your view from this year having making progress at the magazine with the web emulation and and the podcast. So what do you think about this achievement that we reached this year? Well, I mean what do I think about like the past year in general? Like like sure. what we've Oh, oh I'm... look back. I mean, we we spoke to so many guests. You got so many new um, views, opinions from people. Yeah, yeah. Like... 2015 was a big year, um, I think, for for us in a lot of ways because um, we kept doing this, and we had a whole year to do it. Unlike you know, we started this in 20. Did we start this in 2014? In July, I guess. Oh, sweet Jesus, we did. So, yeah, so I mean, 2015 was kind of a, yeah, tw most of our, our guests, really, I mean, we did, we did three, we did three, po or four, three podcasts in, in 2014, and then all of them have been in 2015, and it's just been, I mean, they've been getting one after another, they've been getting better, and we had a, a really good issue release, both, both of the issues that we've done this year have been very, very good, um, We've been, and it's been very positive. Um, and there's just been more and more stuff that we've been, I mean, we've taken part in Extra Life. That was a huge thing. Um, we, we've taken part in, you went to Gamescom. I went to, you know, a video game con, which I'm still editing the video on. I know, I know, shut up, leave me alone. Um, so, I mean, there's there's lots of stuff that, that we, we we got to do. And it was really, it's it's really kind of, uh, it's been a fun year and it's been a lot of expansion this year and hopefully 2016 is more the same I, th I think that we're going to keep doing what we're doing uh, the podcast will continue to be as regular-ish niche as it is and and we'll have new stuff on YouTube and Twitch and there'll be people besides Jörg and I because you know like we don't have enough to do already um so yeah, it's 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 just going to be in more. There's just going to be more of the same and and better stuff coming out as we go along. 
So I, I, everyone should stick with us and, you know, keep watching and listening subscribe and our reading. YouTube channels. We need more subscribers yes. to YouTube channels. Wow. <laughs> or at least view them. Yeah, sure. Um, so let, let, me, let me ask you, which... Well, what did you think about this past year? Ah, wait. I wasn't done with my question yet. Oh, what okay. was well, your favorite podcast show this year? Um, you know, that's that's a tough question, right? I know it is a very tough question because they've all been really, really cool. I, what you know, in in all in many different ways, I have to say one of my favorites with this was probably was probably Dave Lowe. Because, because we've done things like, um, like you know, we talked to Cinemaware and and 3D Realms and you know people that were doing stuff and that were running Kickstarter and whatever. But with with Dave Lowe, that was the first time where I kind of felt like like we were part of the machine, almost kind of, you know. It's like, you know, and, and it was getting down to the wire. We put our podcast out and they were still, you know, in, in, it was like three or four days left of their fundraising. And that was really the first time that we had done one where I was watching it like, like I, I, I was keeping my eye on it because I wanted it to, wanted them to get funded, you know? So that's probably one of the, one of my favorites so far, just because, you know, it was, they were cool to talk to. And, and, you know, I don't know that, that we necessarily did, but, but I felt like, you know, we were able to contribute to their, to their getting to where they wanted to be. So that's, that's, I mean, that's one of my favorites. I, you know, the Tron guy was also cool. You know, that was at the museum and that was, I mean, that was really, that almost felt like a professional production. I mean, there were so many people involved in that one. Normally when we do a podcast, it's me and Yurik. And that's it, you know, and, and we sit there and, and we talk and then we end up to cut out the parts where we're being stupid, which I, I, I would really rather we didn't do in this one. Leave them in. Uh, it's fine. Um, you know, we cut out the parts where we're stupid or where we make mistakes and, and, you know, and then it comes down to one of us to edit this and, and put it out. But with, with uh, Jay Maynard, we were live. We were in the museum. We had, we had Sven, uh, Sven Vessing, who, who was – like I, I think like our second or third guest. It was our second guest. Um, he was there. He was he was um, part of. The, he was a chat host. Um, and you know there was an array of people working on on getting the video right and getting the lighting right and doing this and doing that and and you know we were all on Skype from different spots and it was like it was it was really kind of it was cool because you know it was way more, it was more than just me and Jorg sitting here talking to each other and to a guest. It was. It was like it was a production, and that was that was just neat. You know, that was just it was it was fun to to do that. And you know, there was also you know Commodore because Massimo had such a soothing voice, and I just wanted to go to sleep. What about you? What what have been your what were your what have your favorites been? Good question. Well, I really like the atmosphere of being at Gamescom, and so I have to say. Mm -hmm. The Gamescom special really, really was something that was close to my heart. And talking to eSports and, you know, being invited and going all through this 
professional journalistic process, like being elected, <laughs> being invited, being accepted. That was really very nice. And for the guests, I really have to say Charles Martinet. He oh, has, the old, obviously, yeah. Uh, he is so, he is so, um, he's so close to, to his fans and Mario and his passion and his job. His job well, is Charles Martinet. Yeah, Charles Martinet, especially, you know, I mean, there's some people that you can, you can look at and say, you know, oh, they, they, they're, they're a character, they're a persona. They're talking to us because, you know, it's part of the job. They have to talk to us and, and, you know, whatever. But with Charles Martinet, you get the sense that he is, there's nothing bad that you could ever say about Charles Martinet because he is just, he's the nicest guy in the world and he will do, he'll bend over backwards to, to accommodate people. And I mean, he cut short a, a, an autograph thing, I think, to talk to us, you know, and I mean, it's, he it's, he's, yeah, he's, su he, he was such a nice guy. And really, like, like I said, there's nothing bad that you can say about him at all. He is, he's genuine and, and that, that really nice, happy, you know, the world is great character that you see whenever you talk to him. That's just how he is. You know, he's just a happy guy, you know, and he does something that he loves. So, I mean, yeah, absolutely. You can't, you can't he's definitely one of the, one of the best guests I think that we've had. And I'm really, I'm really um, glad to see how it worked out with um, the extra life thing with Chris mm -hmm. Herring and Michelle Robertson telling us about it and then getting Rick Heaton and also talking passionately about it and then actually having yeah. friends of mine and even um, family from HA to actually donate to, to what we are right. doing when we are um, live and actually yeah, talking yeah, I got to a... you listeners on Twitch. Yeah, totally I got a phone call during one of my commercial breaks from, uh, from my job to find out that they were watching. Wow. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, it was, it was a big thing, you know, and, yeah. and yeah, Rick, Rick Heaton, especially, you know, Rick Heaton in a penguin costume, which he wore during the extra, extra life extravaganza. Yeah. He dressed in a penguin costume. Yeah. We should put that because this is a video podcast. We should put that picture right sure, here. Sure. Just so that people can sure. see that. Send me the picture. Send me the picture. I'll, right I will do that. Yeah. And what I also like is, um, you know, this, this kind of um it's all downhill from here uh, well so guys if you have any suggestions for next year send us an email at podcast at seamworld.org and at send us suggestions for guests right because you know we've got we've got lots of people that we'd like to talk to and that we're in the process of getting we've got some you know in talking about 2015 the, the year is almost over it's november now uh, we've only got a couple of months left, and we've got some really good guests lined up for the end of the year here. And we got some good guests lined up for the beginning of next year. But, you know, this, is, this isn't this is for just me and Jurg to, you know, talk to people that we want to talk to. This, You know, if, you, if, if, if anybody else has ideas for guests, people that they want us to talk to, people that they think would be a good interview or whatever, let us know, and we'll go and, you know, sleep out on their lawn until they say yes. That's how I approach all the video interviews. That's that's how York approaches everything in life. Yeah, yeah. and we 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 are successful with that. Yes. So yeah, anyway, no, no restraining orders yet. Yeah. So anyway, see, um, podcast at seamworld.org, and that directly mm -hmm. goes to me and AJ. 
Yes. All right. So, so welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Yeah, I've been uh, checking out your guys' website as well. Um, oh boy. <laughs> I have to be honest, I didn't really uh, know of you guys. Wolfgang told me about it and I did some, I checked the website out. I really, really like it. I think it's really cool. Uh, you know, the kind of, the way that the, the, the uh, fans and the consumers in Germany, for example, um, consume it's, uh, their gaming media uh, and news and just in, just in terms of actual any kind of information, it's, it's a, a unique way compared to how everyone is in the UK, for example, it's very digital, it's very website orientated, you know, print magazines really, really struggle here. And mm. that kind of information and stuff, I, it's great to see it still thriving. Well, it's it's a disc Mac, and actually you can you can watch yeah. it online in in the web page if you try cool. that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did click on the on the little icons that you got. I mean, it looks very <laughs> nice and uh, pr uh, professional. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. Mm, right. So I guess you you want to start, H A. Well, we're talking. We're here talking about Pro Evolution Soccer. That's the big. Uh, mm. That's the big topic because uh, we've been we we got sort of pre-release uh, codes for it to try it out and we, we got to try it out and and it's it's been a um, it's been an interesting experience and it's been a, a really cool game mm. and um, so I guess because I don't have too much experience uh, with the previous versions mm. of this you know this is really the first pro, pro evolution soccer that I've, I've played so what what is this what in what ways has this improved since the 2015 version well, in general, one of the key things that the brand is known for is this core focus on on the gameplay elements. You know, we we always focus on giving the user full control, making the game super responsive. With obviously the you know realism itself is the focus, but it's not whether it's a simulation game or it's an arcade game. We want the experience to be realistic for the user, but also not be frustrating as well. And that's that key balance that you have to hit. Uh, and for us, Pez has always been focused on those things. Other people, uh, our competitors, for example, focus on maybe licensing and, and, and things like that. But, but the DNA of Pez has always been that, that gameplay experience. So year on year, what we, what we actually benefit from year on year, and, and I think it will benefit us going forward as well, is the Fox engine. It's the incorporation of the Fox engine, which, as you guys might have played Metal Gear Solid, it's an engine which is built for a fantastic open world game which we're adapting year by year especially when we first came onto the ps4 and xbox one consoles um where we're adapting it with a brand new football engine brand new physics engine that we're using with havoc and we're trying to incorporate this this fantastic engine and pes 16's benefited from that with the visuals with the animation blending with the with the physicality system um however it's that gameplay experience where we've made everything when you when you press the button, you know something happens, and that's always been the mm -hmm. focus for us. Because we struggled a few years ago, actually, our first time that we brought the Fox engine into it, where the game became quite unresponsive and slow. And what we've been improving year on year is bringing it back to what Pez is known for. I appreciate it's your first game. Pez has been uh, celebrating its twenty year anniversary, and what mm -hmm. we tried to do is go back to what made those days special. Because if I'm honest with you. You're not the only person who probably came to Pez this early, if I'm honest with you. Um, right. Because Pez has gone through a fairly 
checkered past, recent uh, recent history hasn't been kind to to Pez. And it was really with Pez 2015 where actually a lot of people heard about Pez again because it had gone off really the quality that people expected. 2015 was was a huge year for us, and 2016 just went forward. And the way that we've been moving forward, as I mentioned, is really grasping the gameplay, remembering what made the past game special, and you know bringing it into Pez 2016. And I can I can uh, I, I can attest to it being actually very responsive because mm. we were playing it uh, uh, networked uh, Jurg and I and he's got a newer system. Mm-hmm. Um, I was playing it on I, I've got a Mac and for the purposes of this I, I didn't really want to put Windows on this thing so I, I put it on just to see if it worked and I put it on a machine from like 2008, mm-hmm. which which the the it says right when you start it it says right off the bat you, you can't run this. <laughs> and yet, it ran it fine, and it was responsive, and everything worked great. Okay, so it's great. it's actually, I mean, I was really surprised at the fact that it it ran so well on such an old machine. Mm. Well, the PC version is 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 actually one of the one of the versions where it's incorporating some of what we've been doing to the to the new consoles as well. But we are, it's I, th- I think it's an interesting discussion where we're trying to keep it so we have a wider uh, a group of users possible, mm-hmm. and the. I guess the the concern and also the challenge for us is to make sure that as we keep improving this game, we don't you know alienate people who perhaps don't have the latest graphics cards, who don't have that. Because football, as you guys know, is it's a world sport. Everyone loves mm-hmm. it, and and it's something that is an interesting discussion year on year. Mm-hmm. That's actually true. I mean, I was in Peru in in Lima. Um, two years ago and we played on pretty old hardware we played dirt 3 and you know my friend i stayed with he was a really great gamer but he wouldn't have the latest hardware so <laughs> i can understand the issue that you're mm. raising here that not that not all your fans have the latest hardware because they don't have mm. the income or or the kind of work that would allow them to buy a new pc every year or something yeah, definitely. But, you know, you're being very kind. I have to be completely honest with you. We, our fans, some of our fans aren't so kind mm-hmm. uh, where, they, where they really want us to be pushing the hardware. And I think it's actually a, a really good example of sometimes what a studio has to go through, some of the challenges that we have to go through, uh, where we do obviously please one set of fans. And then you've got the hardcore, the people who do get the latest machines who are sending you really nasty social media messages calling you lazy uh, because you haven't maxed out their latest hardware. But this is the challenge. Um, well, that's actually, it's actually interesting because um, Pro Evolution Soccer, FIFA Soccer, and some, some catching game, WWF, uh, WWF game, they are always benchmarked on how long um, the latest PlayStation or the previous PlayStation um, is still supported. So, like, as long as there are still those three games coming out each year, my PlayStation 2 actually had new new games. But when you read the reviews on Amazon, people were disappointed that it's the same graphic, it looks the same, but they don't they don't realize that it's still the same hardware from 2002. Or so. Exactly. Yeah. Right. There's only so much you can do. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so I guess I guess that is the reason why. Yeah. Um, mm. So you have to find the bi- the balance between on any system actually between uh, supporting a lot of a lot of um, consoles and the latest PC hardware, or just the recent ones. You know, that's that's basically the thing. Yeah. 
exactly yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i know we do get that actually from our from our fans as well as specific mac mac version um for the thing and it's something that we'll always look at as it is as as we get i guess something that i've been saying for probably two years now to all the press when i go to the game shows and we do interviews is is really we learn so much every year from the fox engine and it's it's it, it's something that I hope allows us to be more adaptable when it comes to the PC market, where it comes to maybe something that you said about this is all the machines can do. Hopefully we unlock, I don't know, another megabyte of memory somewhere in the <laughs> Fox engine, which allows us to, to, you know, improve things like frame rate and, and you know, textures. Of, and sometimes things things do magically happen when you when you get better at working on, on something as well. And, um I mean, obviously, working so closely to the product and seeing what we have to go through on a yearly basis to keep adapting an engine, which, because it was made for this open world kind of game, every month those guys are so talented. They were creating some more tools, and like you know, quite late on, real skin textures come in, and then you you know, it's too late to put it into a yearly game, but we know that we can do it next year, and that unlocks different things so year on year what i'm hoping that fans will see actually is huge jumps year on year and that's i think the advantage that we've got going forward with pez because i think when i look around i see great looking games but then you you do start to wonder how great can they look and will they look you know and, right, and right. i'm hopefully as the as the pc market as you guys know is always accelerating you know there's always a new graphics card coming no mm. matter what and and it's something that I hope we can stay stay ahead of and and actually adapt to. Yeah, I mean your advantage is that Steam is available on Linux and Mac too nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And what about like, um, yeah. what about a smaller? Because you're we're, you're making this for consoles and for mm. for desktops and and you know obviously laptops and stuff. But what about like smaller like like tablets and stuff? Because I've seen. I think I think FIFA has been released on the iPhone. Oh sure, and that I have is, it. I have it. Okay, too. yeah, and that's probably one of the most painful things I've ever experienced <laughs> because it just doesn't, you know, without a controller, that sort of thing just doesn't really translate well to, you know, a little screen. Mm. So, is there anything? Are you you considering anything like that, or or is that like in the pipeline? I uh, I mean, it's uh, it's it's really interesting that you ask me that. I get I do get told. Many times, usually by reading press sites, that that Konami's going mobile, and it surprises me because <laughs> I'm like, I'm I'm still working on a next gen engine here, so someone should tell me really soon because I'm wasting your money. But no, um, I think for us, obviously, right right now, we are focusing on on making pairs even even better, even 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 greater for for the for the the platforms that we actually do, and it's really really challenging to. As I mentioned, to keep that surprise for the consumer, to to make those jumps, because we know that we can, as well as develop for a for a mobile game as well. We have two current mobile games right now on the iPhone and on Android, which is Pez Collection, which is like a player collecting game, mm -hmm. and we have Pez Club Manager, which is that management sim. Um, in terms of action, actually playing. It's been, I think, four years since we actually made that, that kind of game on the mobile. It's something that we're definitely looking at because I think, you know, personally, I think it's been far too long that we've, that we've been on mobile. And whether we get there or not is something that I'm not fully aware of, if I'm honest with you. But I do see us 
going there soon. So, so the two games, Pez Collection and, and Pez Club Manager, those two are absolutely huge in Japan and Asia. As you guys know, mm. it's a huge market for the, for, for the mobile games. Uh, and they do fantastically well over there. And we have brought them across to Europe, and they're doing really well here, but you're talking about a different kind of ecosystem over in Asia. And for us, I think it's 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 a road that everyone's going to go. FIFA's, you know, as you mentioned, it's already there. And it's something right. that we do want to go. But, yeah, just getting that experience right, I don't think anyone's really cracked it yet. And I think that challenge in itself is probably going to make us want to do a mobile game. Mm. Well, so that rumor that you are um, mainly focusing on mobile and not doing anything else is not actually true. Because you mentioned it's it's on the press sites all all around. They, I think there's been a lot of a lot of rumors, and I think as a company, I can't speak for the company, obviously, as a but but as a company from 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 you know what what we've been working on, there is a number of mobile titles that we do actually have, and for pairs, there's there is you know, two that I'm unsure if, you know, people are aware of, but we do have actual, you know, mobile presence. So whether we're going to go there or, or not, we are already on mobile. Um, mm -hmm. And I think the, I think the, I think the natural step would be obviously, as you guys uh, are asking about bringing the action mobile. And for now, this has absolutely nothing that I can say whether that is true or not, but I can say that if we do go there, I think the challenge would be actually making it so, it's not a frustrating experience. It's not a, you know, your thumbs are all over the screen. You can't actually see the gameplay. It's, it's really interesting, actually. But maybe you're talking about a different kind of user. Uh, I can assure you right now we are focused on certainly improving PES, making PES better. We've got the Euro uh, license, Euro 2016 license, which will be, which will be announcing exactly how we're going to use that next year as well. So certainly the future is definitely still on the platforms that we're on. Hmm. That's good to know because since <laughs> years you hear that PC is um, is going to die as a gaming platform, and that didn't oh. happen, you know. No, oh, yeah, no. What's his face? Tim Cook just just said the other day that uh, that the, the the age of the PC is over or something to that effect. Very very short sighted, and then you see the Steam yeah. users, and then you realize no, <laughs> actually, right? No. Yeah. yeah, right, yeah. Um, so, um, I, I wonder. I wonder about um, what what your thought was when you saw that um, Electronic Arts, EA Sports, was announcing women's soccer in their FIFA soccer. Mm -hmm. I think that's a pretty big thing that that went to press. Like, wow, that's something never um, never happened. Nobody ever did before. I mean, that that must be, must have been like a hit to us. Uh, well, a punch to your face in a way, because like, oh, that's a big feature that we don't have. Mm. Well, yeah, I think it's really cool for sure. But I think one thing that's really interesting for me is I think for, for us, it's about listening to our fans, you know, and if they, a lot of the, the focus that we do, obviously as, as designers, the team in Tokyo, we take a lot of feedback from the, from our fans. And we also have a, a vision for the series and, as much as we want to focus on our vision, we are always influenced, massively influenced by our fans. And I have to be honest with you, women's football wasn't something that the fans were asking. Now, I'm unsure, obviously, for EA, if, if that was something that their fans wanted and they really wanted them to implement. 
And fair play to them. Maybe that's a different set of fans that we have and they have. Or maybe that was a decision that they had on a design level. Hey, guys, we're going to do women's football this year because we believe in it. Either one is cool. But for us, we have to focus on what our fans want. And, and I can assure you that we didn't have that on a, on a top priority list or, or people were really shouting at us to do women's football. And even after the announcement that they made, there was no sudden, you know, you guys should, should do it too. So I think our fans have probably a lot more issues, <laughs> issues <laughs> with the pairs that they want to have fixed before they start wishing for something like, like women's football. So I guess that's my main answer to it. I think it's a, I think it's a great thing that, that, that they did, but not something that our fans asked for. Yes, it's true. I mean, I did an interview with Electronic Arts at Gamescom and he was giving me a similar kind of answer that their friends, fans were appreciating it. But here in Germany, it got kind of mixed reactions, like half of it saying that gamers said that women women's soccer shouldn't be a, a part of a video game because women shouldn't be in soccer. You know, all this mm. anti-women stuff, uh, you know, that is sometimes unfortunately happening. Mm. So I can see the problem here where not everybody is appreciate, uh, appreciating it. But then I think if you don't want to play in a women's soccer team, you don't. So it's... Right, exactly. You know, it's, so. it's, it's an option, but nothing you need to... You don't need to do it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely, but um, it's surely it's surely some some unfortunately some um, some point for some people to say I prefer pro evolution soccer mm. because they don't have women soccer in it, you know? <laughs> mm. which puts more pressure on us to to make sure that we're delivering a game which can. I mean, we have a challenge already, right? We have a challenge with our game, which because we're so focused on the experience on on the gameplay. We get criticized for, for different things. I mean, licensing is usually number one. Yeah. And then, you know, and then you could add the, the women's soccer as well. And for us, we have to make sure that, okay, we're going to hang our hat on this specific thing. And this specific thing has to be so good that all these things that people throw at us are, are sort of things that are genuinely issues that they, that they can throw at us. However, we have a really good answer. And I think what we've seen over the past couple of years is, is that we've managed to do that. Um, I do think, though, that as you go year on year, that same line that I, that I say to you about gameplay and gameplay and gameplay, they, they, they'll probably come to a point where we will st need to start reinventing something or reimagining something that, you know, that, that will really, again, you know, so I can say to you, it's not just gameplay. We've also done X, Y, and Z. And I think that's really important for us to grow. At the same time, something that I've been saying, because Pez went through five, six years of really poor review scores and I think a really bad perception, we still had to get back to a level where people remembered Pez, which was the number one football game. Until you get there, you can't, unfortunately, do much more until you get there first. And I think the focus for us was to get there. And, uh, you know, if you were at Gamescom, uh, hopefully you saw that we won the Gamescom Uh, sports game award for the second year in a row which is you know never happened before and we were totally you know stunned and surprised and, and very happy and made us believe in what we were doing and the review scores came out and they were very high as well and I think for us it's 
it's right now, I think we've done what we wanted to do to bring the brand back. And I think the future is where we hopefully excite people and the, the, the things that they throw back at us, hopefully we can answer with some really, really cool stuff. On the other hand, what you're also doing is when people when people pre pre-order at Amazon, they actually get scarves and footballs <laughs> and um, you know. So I got I got a pre pre evolution soccer uh, scarf nice. actually for pre-ordering. So that's something you, you And why aren't you wearing it? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about it, but it's hanging, it's hanging it's hanging in the um in, no. in my floor anyway okay. so um so that's something you do as well as a pre-order bonus at amazon you offer um like like little gadgets yeah we do actually we we talk with retailers quite a lot and i don't want to take the credit for this this is definitely the sales guys and those guys uh, who obviously work across all the territories uh, across europe and latin america and and even asia Those guys really have these conversations, you know, we or some of the brand team will, will come up with some ideas and the scarf thing was actually only in Germany, you know, so, okay. so like, so that's unique to that country. So, wow. you know, in, in different countries, you have key rings and, and things like that. So it really depends on the consumer and obviously Amazon being such a global retailer, you have specific pre-orders here and there. I think Amazon actually was exclusive on the on the anniversary edition where you got the actual steel book as well so yeah we we try and do some cool things every year i think a few years ago in germany we did the champions league hearing because we have the champions league exclusive in pairs so sometimes we'll use a license sometimes we'll actually look at the local market and the scarves thing was literally requested specifically for the for the german fans and i wonder do you play the competition <laughs> You have to. You have to. No, no. I mean, one thing that you can't be is super arrogant that you don't have to look at anybody else. You know, what you're doing is great. I think you have to take from, from your competitor. You know, you have to learn where you, where you can learn, you know. Mm -hmm. And if they're doing something amazing, you need to be aware of it so you're aware of the challenge that, that you're facing. And I think, you know, certainly not in my spare time. I can, I can, I can assure you that. Um, but... <laughs> Definitely, you know, to to learn about what they're doing because you know they are per still perceived as 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 the, as the number one football game, the number one selling football game, and and while that's perhaps never been a part of Pez, Pez has never been seen. You know, we've been around for 20 years. We've never been the number one selling game. We've never been this, but we've always been, apart from the past four or five years, we've we we've been seen as the number one rated game you know the, the the best football game on the market if you're a football fan you 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 play pairs and that's the kind of uh sort of title that we're after certainly on the on the development side i'm sure the sales team will say something else i'm sure they want to sell <laughs> far more copies so for us we have to look at what they're doing they're a, they're a bigger market they're they're reaching a lot of people they're a, i mean ea sports is a huge company outside of fifa you know so they can Have a, have a lot more influence and it's great to to learn um, however we it's, you know it's not only learning but we have to make sure that we are better as much as possible and I think that's always the thing actually as well is where where I, where I see Pez right now is people regard us as, as the best gameplay hands down mm -hmm. I think the the discussion actually starts to come from well do you have the best visuals do you have the best presentation? Do you have the best 
modes. And I think that is less certain. And I think it's our job to make sure that when you play PES, you can answer yes, 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 and yes. And I think apart from the gameplay, which, I can, which I'm very, very confident about, I think the rest is definitely split opinion. And I think that's really important for us to make sure that we are making that maybes into uh, yeses going forward. Actually, when I was playing with um, AJ, he had some idea how to improve the graphics. You know, the facial impressions and so on. Well, Maybe no, you no, it, it, it wasn't. It wasn't the no. It, it wasn't. Uh, uh, it, it wasn't anything negative about the graphics, in so much as it's. You know, it's the whole uncanny valley thing where, mm. you know, they're, they're computer-generated people and, you know, you look at them and you can tell. And that's pretty much the same across the board. Anyone that's computer-generated on, on, a, on a screen, there's something about them that you can just know. Is, it's not quite – their eyes aren't, aren't, quite, aren't quite alive. <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I think with when we've got some of the faces that are looking fantastic – I mean, Neymar, you saw Neymar, you know, full 3D face scan as well. Mm. And you see sometimes it isn't exactly one-to-one -one with real life, like you say. But that's something that we are working on, you know. That's something that the Fox Engine can do as well. And it's that technique, it's that emotion that, that, that sort of connects you. And the moment you see an animation sort of miss or you see the emotion not quite connect, it takes you out of the experience. And, yeah, we're fully aware of that. And hopefully it's one of those things that we can really improve and get you lost in lost in scoring that goal or taking that heavy foul. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have, to, I have to admit, I, I compared both games and I simply had to compare, you know, and mm. that facial, facial thing with the eyes was one thing where I, where, where I saw too, like, that's a, that's a place where to improve. Mm. Mm. Um, but I mean, that's, but again, that's, you know, I mean, we're coming from, you know, a few years ago, people's faces were just squares with, you know, vague, <laughs> yeah. with vague features on them. So, I mean, this yeah. is, this is kind of a big, you know, it's, it really is a big step. And, and from, but as far as graphics goes, you know, another, another comment that I made when we compared the two was that when you're on the field, you know, there, there's in, in PES, there's, um, there's like shadow from from the the stadium over the grass, and and there isn't any of that in FIFA. You know, FIFA is just there's the there's the field. There's a little bit more stuff maybe happening on like the sideboards and stuff, but like there's no the the realism isn't isn't totally there. You know, for for that, you know, it, it's just you know it, it's a thing that that I wouldn't say that one is necessarily better than the other. They just there's two different approaches to the same sort of thing. Exactly, yeah, and I think it's like having real-time lighting sometimes really helps with that kind of thing as well, and I'm sure you probably, I don't know if actually if you saw uh, the Metal Gear talk at GDC a few years ago where they went through the full engine and the lighting, the day-night cycle and things like that, and they're the kind of things which allow you to have those realistic uh, shadows and, you know, mm -hmm. daytime from morning light to, to you know, uh, dusk and things like that, and that's something that I think really, really, really helps us with those kind of things. Um, right. And I certainly, you know, really, really appreciate when you can see that, whether it's nighttime or daytime, that, that kind of uh, shadowing, the reflections. And um, I'm, I'm really, I'm, you know, personally, I'm, I really get lost in, in the visual detail, whether it's in, in actual game cam, you can actually see the player physic 
you know, f- mm-hmm. uh, physique, sorry. You can see their hairstyle. You can see what boots they're wearing. You can see whether they're wearing a sweatband and high mm-hmm. socks, low socks. These are the kind of things that when you watch real football on TV, they sort of pop and they stand out. And that's really where I think Fox Engine allows us to keep those details super high. I mean, you guys must be aware of all the, you know, um, the sort of tricks that uh, games dev guys do with the LOD settings to, to keep the frame rate high. And I think... I think when it comes to Fox, it allows us to really keep it nice and high resolution, even mm-hmm. when the camera pans back. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you mentioned that uh, that electronic art is quite huge, but I think Konami on the other side has a longer history. You are around since forever. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Konami started off mainly uh, what it's doing now, really, still, which is the amu- you know um, amusements and family fun sort of. Uh, sector and obviously video game company, uh, many many different studios. Uh, when it started off with Pro Evolution Soccer, also with ISS, um, then you had obviously all the all the franchises like Contra and uh, Metal Gear Solid, uh, Castlevania. Yeah, yeah. There's there's you know a huge amount of titles for us for sure. However, I think when you when you when you look at what our our, our competition is, where we are and how long we've we've managed to fight them let's just say in uh it's i think it's i think it's very different when you look at the two companies side by side i, I still probably you know regard certainly in the in the video game sector in terms of size and power you look at the ubisoft the activisions and you look at ea probably a little bit differently in terms of that you know the amount of catalogs the amount of games that you uh, are making on a yearly basis but certainly in terms of heritage and history you know metal gear celebrated 25 years as well you know so it's We've been celebrating anniversaries for a long time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's actually another question I had. I saw you previously worked also for um, for Ubisoft. Mm, that's correct. Yeah. Like like the like the fractals that we that we interviewed <laughs> in February. I wasn't I wasn't there actually when when the fractals were there. That was around the Prince of Persia era on PS2. No, I my first games that I was sort of overseeing, not not, not necessarily working on, but working with the actually on that side, it was the brand and marketing team at that time. It was just after, it was probably just before Assassin's Creed 2 came out on the mm. PS3 and Xbox 360. So no, I I missed that fantastic era. <laughs> <laughs> that unfortunately ended. Yeah. yeah. Um... <laughs> right after the talk to us. <laughs> But don't worry, Pro Evolution Soccer will still be alive, and Konami yes. too after the conversation. Uh, no, it's 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 interesting because um, because when when I talk to people and when we talk to people like to you or to um, Charles Martinet from Nintendo, you can hear how they connect to the company and to what they are doing and the you know and the fantastic um, feeling. About they are they are improving the gaming world and giving people some joy, uh, and and I think I think um, soccer really really isn't so easy as a genre because you have to reinvent yourself each year, and it's still soccer. It's, mm. it's still soccer. <laughs> it's still every year as well. And to be honest with you, in, when it when it comes to actually playing, actually playing the game, there's only two. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, ten years ago, there's there's so many football games out there. It's so difficult to be successful uh, in this because there is only so much the fans want to consume as well. And there's a, such a high level to hit as a minimum now because both games I think are 
are, you know, are improving. What you mentioned is right. Every yeah. year you have to reinvent, you have to excite. And I think that's always a challenge. And you can see how hard it is when you've only got two, two football games out there. But that's going to change. As of today's news, the developer John Hare from Sensible Soccer oh, so announced so on, on Kickstarter he will do a new, new version of it. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I, seriously, you know, I think that those kind of games is where everybody started, right? And that's where, if you were playing uh, football games back in the day, uh, back on your computers and, and, and so forth, that's where your first memory is. So, yeah, good luck to the guy. Uh, certainly, if you want to have uh, a complete end-to-end -end kind of football experience where... I was saying to you before, it's that balance. I don't think they, they don't want any balance. I think it's about crazy goals and curling shots. And Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> One thing, though, that I, that I saw was that it wasn't coming to handheld. And I think that, for me, would have been the perfect opportunity to play that game. Yeah. Well, but it's, 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 I mean, it's, it's great. I mean, each year they're still coming out a, a modified version of Kickoff 2. I probably, you, you have heard about Kickoff 2 that's still... Um, there are still championships and so yeah. on worldwide. So there are still people uh, concentrating on the retro soccer games, and I guess five aside soccer. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> so, um, so I, I wonder: Are you afraid, or are you aware of of the Kickstarter competition that is coming up? You know, old soccer games getting reinvented. I mean. That must be exciting for you, having more competition than just... Well, I, don't, I wouldn't even call that competition because that's a niche market for the, mm. the, the Kickstarter stuff, whereas, whereas Konami and, and EA are pretty much... They're the, they're the monoliths in this. They're, you know, yeah. That's where, where if people want a serious game and really want to seriously play a soccer game, that's where they're going to go. And, and the older retro stuff or the stuff on Kickstarter, that's, yeah, that's somebody that might want to play something that's... that's You know, uh, it reminds them of, of how it used to be or whatever, but I don't see that as being a competitor specifically. Mm. Mm. I absolutely agree. absolutely agree. And I think it's great to have that kind of game in the market because, like I mentioned, it is a different experience. You know, whether they're going to be a, 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 a competitor is probably not what they're thinking about as well. I think they're looking to, to be in the market because, they've, you know, their fans must have been crying for that kind of game for many years now. And and it and it is such a such a unique experience, you know. It's not mm -hmm. something that we have ever tried to emulate, and they've never tried to emulate what we are doing now as well. But I think it's its own unique thing. Is there's definitely space for it. But I'm sure the consumers will obviously uh, make that make that choice, make that decision if there is a space for it. But I certainly hope so. Yeah. Yes, seventeen will have the. The retro mode, everyone's a little tiny <laughs> yeah. pixel guy running around screen. Yeah, absolutely. No, we don't want to compete in that market. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just great to see a legend like John Hare coming back to the scene like saying, hey, I'm doing a game again. <laughs> that, that video is hilarious. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, so, so I wonder if, if we may ask a personal question about your history, since we mentioned Ubisoft and so on. How did you actually start in the video game business? Yeah, I actually was working, um, oh, you're making me feel old now, good old days. I was working in games retail as like a store manager where a good friend used to work in sort of field marketing for Sony. And from 
from there, kind of, you know, we, we were really good friends. And he sort of messaged me one day and go, Ubisoft are hiring for this field marketing role, which is where you go to various retailers across the country and you demo, de- demonstrate games to them, you know, attend their, their uh, games conferences. I'm not sure if you have them in your uh, countries, oh, yeah. but yeah, you have like uh, the, the, the game retailer, or the GameStop retailer uh, conferences mm-hmm. and things like that. And I was like, that sounds really cool. So from there, I managed to get into Ubisoft. It's, it's always that, that foot in the door that sort of helps. And right. started off doing field marketing and worked myself up uh, in, in, in Ubisoft to sort of a brand marketing role. Uh, and from there, on the side, I was working on uh, some community fan websites, which were around football games, you know. Not just Pez, I'll just say that, but a number of different football games. And um, a, a position came up in Konami for a European community manager. And I applied for it straight away. I actually got to know some of the senior people just through attending shows and being a fan of the game and being invited to early playtests. So while I was working for Ubisoft, I was also gallivanting around playing Pez and reporting on Pez for the fans. And I did that as a hobby. It was definitely a non a non profit oh, kind of way. It's just like following your passion. I had a lot of passion for the Ubisoft games. I think if Ubisoft ever brought out a football game in that space, I'd be in a lot of trouble. But <laughs> because they didn't, Assassin's Creed and Far Cry's and and the Ghost Recon's Splinter Cells. I was just working on those kind of games. Uh, so I managed to get the interview for Pez two and a half years ago. Got the job and managed to thankfully. Uh, move myself up in the company again, similar to Ubisoft, but I mean, extremely quickly. You know, thankfully, uh, you know things things pay off when you probably have some uh, you know good ideas. You live by the sword, die by the sword. So I went from the community manager um, to a European brand manager, and now to a global product uh, brand manager uh, in two and a half years. So it's been a fantastic journey for me so far. Um, a huge fan of pairs over the years, so it's it's definitely a dream come true. So you so you made your 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 passion for um, football games, soccer games, to your job finally. Yeah, it's it, it's a dream, absolute dream, and I really appreciate it. And actually, a lot of the fans that I have on social media still remember me from back in the day. They keep pulling up really old videos of old <laughs> old interviews of excited Adam who. Who wasn't worn by the game development scene? <laughs> who didn't have bags under his eyes? Who could sleep? Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a pleasure pain. I call it. You know, you you've got. I'm working on a game that I really love. I love football as well. So yeah, definitely managed to uh, achieve something that I've really really wanted for so long. What what I personally miss, and I told the same to Electronic Arts when when I did the interview um, in in uh, at Gamescom, I miss the indoor mode that um, FIFA <laughs> Soccer had at '97. You know, where you play in a hall. I really loved that. It was quick. It was something different. It was. It has a bit of a base base um, basketball feeling. You know, it was a bit like a basketball game. They still play indoor soccer. Is that a thing that actually happens? They do, yeah. They, I mean, they do a lot of beach soccer as well, and mm. and there's a, there's a lot of uh, well-known players um, who are actually playing that kind of skills football. Um, I think a lot. I think I think there was a game that was dedicated to that that came out a few years ago. 
I think, I mean, I know that Ubisoft made one called Pure Football when oh. I was there, and it was this five-a-side style, style game, but as you can probably notice, unfortunately, they're not around anymore. And I think, again, that's probably something that, that the consumer dictates whether games right. like that exist anymore. And it's unfortunate for like, you know, fans of it. And certainly for us, we do get people asking about you know, making a five-a-side game for pairs. And, but, the, but the key thing for us is, on a, on a priority list of what we need to do, that's probably something that we can do maybe a few years down the line. We feel like, I mentioned to you before, those, those factors where, where you're not quite sure how to answer. If they're all right. yes, 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 I think that's when you get to a point where you can start saying, all right, guys, we've absolutely destroyed the competition with number one. <laughs> <laughs> what what can we do now? And I think for, you know, f- for me personally, I would love to do something like a five aside uh, mode, but it will take a lot of resources and a lot of dev time away from maybe the yearly factors that we have to do for the for the mass audience. You know, so it's right. again really good discussion to have internally that we that we do have when we do come down. Once a game ships, we all come down into a room around a table. I fly to Tokyo, meet with the team, and we all sort of have these things that we bring to the table. You know, everyone has their one thing, and we fight for it. And you know what you and you see who won by by what what's in the game when it comes out. So, so you could say, "Hey guys, you made women's soccer. We are playing street soccer nowadays." <laughs> yeah, we could, we could. But I'm honest with you again. It's 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 one of those things that people do ask for, but. We get, as you can you know, probably imagine, we get so many different kinds of requests and tens of thousands of ideas, which apparently is going dis- to, you know, make the whole uh, football gaming scene explode. You know, as you know, people send me letters, they send emails, they they use social media. So we we have a lot of passionate fans who think their idea is the best. So it's, it's about <laughs> it's about sifting through that and actually spotting those diamonds definitely who knows that's what i'll say who knows yeah plus if you took everyone's suggestions and did them all at once man you'd need a team of thousands yeah Yeah, exactly yeah (laughs) well actually well i mean there is something um for racing games project cars they did recently on Kickstarter earlier this year where you could have all kinds of racing games from kart racing to Formula One to rally, whatever. You could do such a kind of soccer mm. game. Where you oh, yeah, yeah. All kind of soccers. Adult soccer, women's soccer, children's soccer. Yeah. Make Turtles walking around with pushing a ball. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Actually, actually, Konami from my childhood is always connected with turtles. You know? Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, with, yeah. 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 Oh yeah, yeah. When when I when I think about Konami, it's con- it's connected with action games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I remember the Contra games myself as yes. well. Contra. Super oh, yeah. That yeah, was a very yeah. nice one too. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, so. What what are you what are you trying? I mean, if if you may if you may say I don't know if it's a secret. What what are you trying for the next Pro Evolution Soccer? Mm. Probably yeah, yeah, it's not something that that we can talk about sure. uh, as you probably anticipated sure. me me saying. Sure. Uh, however, you know, 
I think I've alluded to to quite a few things. You know, you know, making making sure that everything that that we that we haven't really achieved that the consumer wants to feel like like we've achieved. You know, gameplay aside, we're always going to be focusing on gameplay every year, and we're always going to be looking at improving things that 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 we get fed back. But in a in a in a general sense, you know, you play the game, you see maybe how it moves, maybe how it looks, maybe some of the presentation, maybe what's going on in between you going from start to uh, gameplay, all the presentation elements. When you, when you have a, like a, a dream list, it's, it's, it's actually really easy to predict what a developer might want to improve on a, on a, on a game year on year. There's only so many things that, that your game has, whether it's, you know, ball physics, whether it's in-game visuals, whether it's menus, uh, online modes, offline modes. And I think, obviously, the million-dollar question is exactly what of those things we're going to focus on. And that's the surprise. But hopefully, you know, you, 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 you guys get the sense that we are really excited about the challenges ahead because of, I mentioned the Fox Engine quite a lot, and we are going to be using that even, even more and PES 2016 was only our second game that we brought out since we changed engine. So we're still developing and we're still learning more and more and more. So for me, it's, it's just more about saying to you guys, expect the unexpected, expect bigger leaps than what you might expect on a, on a yearly title. And we really want the fans to finally be happy with what PES is achieving and to be really excited about the future, to not have any concerns or issues, just to be extremely happy and look forward and to the next versions of the game and, and, and to stick, stick by us, really, because we're really excited about what the future holds. What we really figured when we played online, by the way, was we had a lot of drop-offs drop for some reason. Yeah, so we are using dedicated servers right now to, to connect people. And then we're focusing on P2P during the game. So what, that's why we're not, unfortunately, that experience probably is one of the things that our fans feed, feed, feed back on because we're not controlling that experience for them. Mm. And it's perhaps, I don't want to promise anything about that. You know, we're definitely going to fix that because I like to, when I like to, to, to talk about things that we're going to do, it's always important for me to show it, you know, to, to actually prove it. Um, so next year at Gamescom, we can talk about the, these kind of things. Mm -hmm. But hopefully, we'll we'll have some solutions for the fans. Oh yeah, I, um, I will be there again. We have a booth, our Steamboat booth. We are invited to the retour area each year. Oh nice. So yeah, sure. Actually, they they asking me each year, come make a booth. It's you know. So <laughs> I will be there definitely. And um, yeah, it's it's just something because you probably know about Extra Life and that game day. So H.A. and yeah. I, we, we spent there like 24 hours in turns. Yeah. And, and from four games we did, only one succeeded and all the other ones dropped in between. Uh, and that was a bit of a pity. But but I can understand that, that on a game day on Extra Life, where everybody is playing soccer and other games, that you have more, more load on the servers than on normal days. Yeah, definitely, uh, especially when it comes to the the connecting and things like that. And yeah, we do have peaks and 
and things. And that's probably something that we do need to learn. I mean, I'm not going to try and uh, <laughs> say, say too much, but I, I, you know, there's many areas where we can improve and just be assured that, that we're aware of them. I think sometimes, for, you know, for the fans, when I, you know, maybe it's in actually in a, a real life uh, where you, where you have a friend who, who isn't aware when they've done something wrong and all you need, all you need is them to acknowledge, you know, that was actually, that wasn't called for, but is he aware of that? <laughs> and sometimes for the fans, all they want is acknowledgement because they don't probably need you to say sorry, but the frustration comes from, are you guys aware of how broken I get it? You know, it's broken. Are you aware it's broken? And, you know, sometimes all, you know, all they need is a, yes, we're, we're looking into it. And I think that makes you feel better that, that you're aware and, that's why when I do get, you know, your feedback about maybe some of the eyes and the visuals or the online dropping off, sometimes it's good for the fans to know that we're fully aware of these things and we agree. And it's something that, that we'll definitely look at in the future. So, so you, you, you know what, what I'm talking about, you experienced or you monitored I, I, stuff? If I'm honest with you, it's probably something that I've experienced a little bit more on PC than I have on mm. the console. And it probably comes down to looking at the netcode and seeing exactly how it's working properly, looking probably at, um, looking at exactly how, how Steam handles those things as well. Um, but yeah, they're, they're the kind of things that tend to, and, it, and it's quite interesting actually, sometimes it can be really interesting because you get different kinds of feedback in different countries, depending on the online experience as well. So it can be extremely difficult for us to pinpoint the issue sometimes. And you know, when you when you, when you work on a game, the best way for you to fix the issue is to be able to replicate the issue. Mm -hmm. That's it's, true. Yeah. Yeah. So so sometimes it's extremely difficult to do that based on a on a on a on a user's experience as well. But it's something when I've been playing on PC, unfortunately, I've I've noticed that a little bit more consistent than I have on console. So it's something that we'll definitely look at. So it's not me and not AJ. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know, and I also I also found out that it's playing a bit slower on the online mode than in single player mode. And first I thought it was my PC and maybe I should I should change resolution or details and it didn't really change a thing. Mm. So mm. it's probably that that the network delay is probably showing in the fluent fluency of the gameplay in in a way. Yeah, and you know also with like online gaming as well, you'll notice a lot of developers always try to control it a lot more, control the experience so there's less chance of these kind of issues or they're limiting the issues as well. So <clears throat> when you go online, you'll see probably l less choice of um, um, camera angles, for example. Less choice because they, we know that we can guarantee you a stable experience with the cameras that we've set in the actual online mode as well. And sometimes that, might seem that we're restricting users, but we're actually trying to make sure that if you do have issues, we're, we're, we're minimizing them because we know that no matter what happens with, with the drop-off of the, of the connection, there's, it's less likely to start stuttering or ghosting if, if it's on this constant game mode setting. Interesting, right. I didn't know that. Did, mm. you, did, you know the, did you know that, Atre? I did not know that. Mm. So you'll notice that actually, and, I, and you'll probably start realizing that in different games as well it's just that when you go online in certain situations controlling of the experience is the best way for us to make sure that you 
I mean, and sometimes that's obviously bad for the consumer. The consumer probably thinks that, hey, guys, you're lazy. Why didn't you optimize for this angle or that angle? And we do get it quite a lot as well. But it's, again, it's the, the resources that we have, the time that we have. And I think it's more important for us, rather than to give you a load of different options that probably haven't been optimized, we can guarantee you a stable experience with little less options. Right. I mean, I mean, the worst experience I ever had was um, Outrun Coast to Coast, which was released mm -hmm. in 2006. <laughs> and when, when I played online, I couldn't see the op op opponent's car. And then it would suddenly, like, go to <clears throat> distance. And then it would flicker and so on. That was kind of weird. And so, <laughs> so, yeah. And then, then I also played Equinox in 2001, and it didn't have an issue. So it's interesting. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you know, I think netcode back in those days was so easy to 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 create. You know, when you're talking about, I remember playing the old PS2 games when you had to get the network adapter. There was Resident Evil Outbreak. Uh, there was PES 6 as well, which was the first PES game, obviously as a, as a fan, which was online. Oh, and you could get the adapter for the for the PlayStation 2 as well. And that those experiences were super smooth. Xbox 360, the first PES game on the Xbox 360 as well that I played online with, with a lot of friends. Perfectly fine. As you get onto the new consoles, all you hear actually is, and also on some of the PC games as well, obviously, as you, as you guys know, when, when they launch, there's always horrific yeah. issues. And, you know, the, I, you know, I have never, when it comes to the new game launches now, I don't know how you guys feel about that, uh, taking uh, Pez out of the equation, but it, you start to expect it now a little bit as well. You oh, yeah there to be and that's not probably something that's nice for the consumer you know to start to expect there is going to be issues online as well but it never used to be the you know never used yeah to be no the, you yeah. you used to go to the store or, or or online you'd buy your game and then you would have your game and that that would be it and now it's now it's the game is released you download it and you expect it to update the next day because <laughs> because you know it, it feels almost like like beta versions of things are being released to the public. Like, oh, we can't bother to finish everything. Let them put it out now. We'll take care of that once they've got it. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think when it when it comes to online and things like that as well, it's it's you know, it, I think it goes to show not only is it something that perhaps has come into the industry as well. I think it goes to show how difficult it is for a lot of the the, the developers to get things perfectly right. Mm -hmm. I was on the, that's what it was actually recently. I was on the Street Fighter beta as well and that was really really messed up and that was a pre-order bonus and that didn't work so it's even now you know new games and you know right. developers who've got really good history with like online sometimes you know you can't test for that wider audience experience unfortunately right mm. and, plus there's all, such a difference in in hardware too it, it used to mm. be you know you could write a game for you know, for, for a PlayStation or, or for, you know, whatever thing. And, and you could basically be assured that everybody that owned it had the exact same hardware. Yeah. And there was no, there, there was no possibility that, that you'd have something that was incompatible or a weird video card or, or, or a weird network adapter or something. And now you've got, everyone's got a different, you know, a, a different kind of PC and you can't, you can't plan for every contingency anymore. Mm. Exactly. So you got to yeah. fix it as you go along. Absolutely, absolutely. It's the it's same with phones now as well. You know, mm -hmm. the amount of times that you get the the new iPhones or the new whatever uh, Samsung Galaxies or Sony Xperia's, they they come out 
a few versions later of the software and you can't play your old stuff as well and right. you have to develop for the wider audience or the newer audience and yeah it's mm -hmm. crazy it's just across the board gaming's gone crazy <laughs> yeah 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 it has <laughs> yeah um, and i also wonder how how it's going to be developed because personally i talk a lot since last year to african people you know people mm. in uganda and so on they they suddenly got broadband internet over oh, yeah. 3g and lte and stuff so um as you said you you are trying to make your games appealing to the audience mm. i wonder how they will change as the audience will grow you know that's that's really interesting as well. It's something that, as a global company, you know, Konami, obviously Japanese company, has just recently started to to sort of ship and sell games in China as well, and um, specifically with with our console gaming, I should say. And that's obviously a new market as well. And seeing how that works, a couple of years ago, we started to incorporate Arabic language for the first time because there was a requirement because of the user base growing dramatically and it, it actually also um, made us and you know made us choose to incorporate brand new licenses around the Asian Champions League because of that growing market as well so yeah you're absolutely right you do look at the markets you see obviously you get the sales data and you see oh that's a spike you know that's a new market and what do those fans want and you start reaching out and you know, trying to keep that market growing, and obviously that's what the sales guys will, you know, will, will uh, tell you is, is you know, trying to give the, you know, give them something back if you, if you know what I mean. And that's something that's always going to be interesting. Hopefully, those kind of things keep popping up as well as as everyone gets more consistent broadband, and you know, everyone starts getting high powered PCs, and then maybe those kind of decisions will, you know, or the lowest. Uh, power fixed card, which is super powerful, but it becomes the norm, and then you can start accommodating even more users with a you know higher end visual system. So yeah, yeah it's really yeah. good. Yeah, because I remember when I got my first internet connection like 15 years ago, I was like, okay, so what can I do now? I can play against my friends. Great. Mm. I I can talk to people from Brazil. Great. So, so you you look at what you can do, and I guess as an African market coming to grow, you would say, I want my internet connection to use for Skype, for playing Pro Evolution Soccer, playing any other game. So, well, soccer's huge in in Africa. Sure, yeah, sure. And I noticed, Jerk, that he he refers to it as football, as people should. Jerk calls it soccer, and he's in Germany, and that's just wrong. <laughs> Yeah, because, because soccer, everybody knows, but football is like yeah. But American see, this football. this is not a ball, nor do you use your foot. So I don't know why America, why why we call it football in America, because we, yeah. it's not. It's got nothing to do with either of those things. Great, great. Um, so, so what what are your goals for the future, Adam? Personally. Ooh, personally, it's. Um... It's difficult, really. I just want to keep working the way that I'm working. Actually, I'm I'm really happy. I can't ask for too much right now. You know, um, working in in the position that I am, having such a such an influence and uh, over the 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 sort of the way that Pez is moving, um, and I'm happy to be there as well. I'm working with the guys in Tokyo who are the leaders when it comes to creating the game and 
the, you know, the guys who have that final say, but to be able to be shoulder, you know, shoulder by shoulder with them talking about the game is, is, is amazing for me. So for the future is, it's actually just wherever I think I go, I'm hoping that wherever I move, it, it is a positive impact on the game. And I feel like hopefully everyone who's seen the, the game, game grow over the last few years, hopefully they agree. They see that as a side-by-side -side comparison. And as long as I can keep working with the team in Japan, as long as they keep, you know, making some amazing football games for the fans as well, and just having the opportunity to work with them, I, that's my future sorted for sure. So you traveled around Japan and the UK all the time? Yes, very consistently. I'm actually flying out in 14 days again to go to Tokyo. So I travel very consistently. But only, but not only that as well, we have offices. You know, we have an office in Frankfurt. We have an office in LA as well. Uh, go there regular to see everybody and communicate. Um, we have uh, distributors in Italy and in the Middle East, in, in Dubai. I travel so consistently around the world. And it's fantastic. Um, can get a little bit, unfortunately, you know, a little bit boring because you, you don't get to spend time in the cities. Yeah. I think my, my favorite times of the year are easily are E3 and Gamescom. So because, you will be at Gamescom, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Going for the hat trick, actually. Uh, that would be incredible if you managed to win the award for three years in a row. Wow. Uh, but, but um, yeah, going to Gamescom... But those kind of trips are, are really cool because you're there for the week. So a business meeting, I'm, I've, I fly in and I'm, and I'm gone in two days, no matter how, how long that flight is. So it's great to be in L.A. for a week and enjoy the place. And then you go to Cologne and Cologne's fantastic. It's, you know, it's, it's really amazing. So Thank get you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. It's great. It's, it's, it's so small. Yeah, it feels so alive, Cologne as well. Yeah, I mean, you go to true. the... You go to the train station where everything's happening around there and, uh, you know, different kinds of food, different cultures. I, yeah, I really enjoy it. I saw you post where you were overly happy about being the, the general brand manager now for Pro Evolution Soccer. So I could, I could, I could feel your excitement. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, just imagine a kid who loves sweets being a sweet shop manager. You know, it's. It's, it's, it's absolutely amazing experience for me right now. And, but, you know, one thing that I've not done is probably taken a moment to, and, and stop to think about where I am because I feel like I might start crying in a heap and kill <laughs> corner and, and think that's it. You know, my, my uh, life is, is achieved. I can, I can die now. Uh, I don't want to die just yet. So um, I try not, not, not to think about it and just to keep moving forward. I think I'll be really happy once Pez is... Is that, is that a stage where I think everybody wants it to be? You know, it's not just the gameplay which everyone talks about, and everyone is talking about everything in this game in su such a such a high regard. And I think that's where we we uh, want to go. Cool. Great. So where uh, where can people get Pro Evolution Soccer 2016? Well, Steam. Just go okay. to Steam. It's right there. It's uh, definitely you know definitely go there. But absolutely everywhere. Uh, you know, Amazon is a, is a a great partner of ours as well. Game and GameStop and things like that. So uh, we've got the. We also have special offers on PlayStation Store um, right now as well. I think for another week, where if you have PS Plus, you get 
double discount. I think it's something like 30% off, something like that. So it's it's a one week offer. So I'll definitely get that super quickly. Cool. <laughs> Cheers. I've got my scarf. I'm totally happy now. <laughs> <laughs> great. <laughs> great, great, great. So, cool. Thanks a lot and have a good have a good evening. You Enjoy too. some nice dinner or something. I will try. And you, AJ, have a nice day, I guess. Right. Yeah, I still got a whole day ahead of me. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Right, thanks a lot. So that was Adam Batty from Konami. With Pro Evolution Soccer. Yeah. So what what do you think now? After talking uh, to him? Pretty much what I thought before. I mean, it, it's a decent game. Um, and and, it, and it's it's worth playing. And he was pretty uh, truthful about, well, open about the difficulties and what they want to improve. Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. Think. Yeah. 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 So, guys, so if you want to check out that stuff, we got some dresses for you. Um, Yep. So, they got a Twitter account as official. P.S. Mm-hmm. And um, Adam Betty can be found at Adam underscore Betty. That's right, B-H-A-T-T-I. Right. Okay. Yeah. And they are on Facebook too with Pro Evolution Soccer. Okay. That. Yeah. And it's as um, facebook.com slash PS. Right. Cool. Yep, yep, yep. And as for Konami, I think it's konami.com. Right. Mm-hmm. You can also find it on Steam and various other places. Um, any any heard, store that sells yeah. games, GameStop, heard, that sort of thing. As you heard, they got um, special gifts assigned to um, early pre-orders if you are living in Germany via uh-huh. um, Amazon Germany, like a scarf that I that I've got. Yep, yep. But actually, mm-hmm. actually, I should show it. Give me a second. Yeah, it'd be nice. Sure. Ah, yes. That's a scarf. Yeah. It's cold inside my flat. I have two wears. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. So. And if you want to see more of us, you can get to AJ's blog at... um, TrustVessofHell.com. I know it by mm-hmm. heart. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm at nafcom.eu. And we also got That's a Twitter, Twitter stuff. I'm at uh, nafcom. Yeah. And AJ is at Arthur J. Heller at Twitter. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And we also got a YouTube channel where we will post a review comparison video. Of FIFA mm-hmm. Soccer against Pro Evolution Soccer or the other way around. 
at youtube.seamworld.org. Right. That's right. Right. Yeah. And looking forward to our next podcast and to the next magazine and uh, be prepared to hear more from us in the next year and see you soon in December and yeah with yep. very special guests again right indeed so <laughs> see you Goodbye. see you next time bye bye